Well, good morning, Vineyard. My name is Jack Hoskins, and man, I am excited to get to speak with you guys today. So I know what some of you are thinking already. It's like, who's, who's that guy? Does he go here? Well, I do. Um, you guys probably know my wife a little better than me. She, uh, children's ministry director, Angie Hoskins, so she's quite the more uh, extrovert than I am. But uh, for me, I spend the majority of my time back in the production booth, so if you guys walk in an auditorium, you ever find yourself accidentally looking to the left, just look up about 30 degrees and just kind of give a wave at the floating heads back there. We're back there. We like you guys. We love you. Um, but I want to thank Pastor Joe for giving me the opportunity to speak today. Um, he is currently out doing, taking care of some of his um, area leader responsibilities, so you get me. Yay. So, <laughs> when you prepare for a message, generally, you know, you, you always spend some time in prayers, like, God, where do you want me to go with this? And you get some direction, you get like a little focus, say, okay, I want to go this way. You get a little nudge in certain ways to go. But sometimes, though, you get just absolutely clear things. And that's what today is, man. I got that clear word, right? Actually, two words. But the first of those, it's distractions. And that's what we're going to talk about today, distractions. Before I go into the message, if you don't care, I'm just going to say a prayer. God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your presence that we've already felt. God, we thank you for just your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that you remove all distractions today. I pray that you allow us to focus on you. God, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Make up for my humanity today. In Jesus' name. All right, we're in April. Three months have gone by the new year already, right? Three months that you've made your New Year's resolutions. Three months that you're like, man, this is going to be my year. This is the year of Jack. This is the year of Angie. This is the year of Tom. This is the year of whoever, right? This is my year. And so you're like, I'm getting in the gym. I'm going to get in shape. And you, you went and paid 200 bucks at the local gym. And you've donated 185 because you went two weeks. <laughs> Statistically, you've already quit, right? Why do we quit? Why? Because unfortunately, you live in Kentucky. And the first of the year is cold. It's seven degrees. And you get distracted by your warm covers. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm not getting out of bed today. It's not happening. I'm not getting up at five o'clock in seven degree weather. You're going to go out and work out before work. Or you come home from work and you're just tired. And you're like, ah, oh, too distracted by my tiredness. I'm just going to stay home and watch my TV. Or maybe you made the New Year's resolution to... To put the cell phone down a little more, right? What was it? Uh, Pastor Joe called it a couple weeks ago, the devil box or something like that, right? So you, you decide, I'm going to put this thing away, and man, I'm just going to enjoy my family. More time for my family. More time communicating with my wife or my kids. Just not going not to be distracted by it anymore. I'm not a social media person. I have Facebook, but I only have it because I need it for group communication. Some of you got like Instagram and all this stuff. Like I've made like one post maybe three years ago on Facebook. I don't know. I, I'm just not a social media person. But what I am is a researcher. And that can take just as much time. So I'll sit there on my phone and I'll be like, mm, okay, I'm going to look that up. And an hour later, I've went from what's the best lawnmower I can buy to, okay, what's the best seed? What's the best lawn fertilizer? I'm now, hey, honey, I should start a lawn care business. This is great. It's like an hour or two's worth of just research, and that's what I do, and it, and it just 
sucks me in and distracts me from the world that's going on around me. Or maybe some of you said, okay, first of the year, I'm reading my Bible in one year this year, right? You've got your Bible out, you've got your little checklist or something like that, and it tells you the, the times and the certain scriptures to read at different times, and like, okay, but here's the problem with that, right? And we, we say this a lot. It starts you out in Genesis, which isn't bad, okay? Because you, you get, you know, the Adam and Eve story, you get Noah and all this, and then you get to get into Exodus. And you still get, like, Moses and all that thing, so it's, it's still cool. But then what? Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all these laws and stuff, and you're just like, oh, this is miserable. I don't want to do this. This is boring to me, right? Probably blasphemous on my part up here talking about how boring the Bible is at times, but it really is, right? But you got to power through this stuff to get to the good stuff, right? Now, I have a hard time reading, not just the Bible, just anything. I'm not a reader. I get easily distracted. It's got to be super quiet for me to want to read anything, right? Like, is there a movie I can watch so I don't have to read this book? Is there, I mean, I know the Bible's got movies, several of them, but it's just not as comprehensive, you know? So I, I have a trouble reading. I need that quiet time. And so because of the way I work, I, I usually get up a little later than most of the world. And so I get that alone time. I lay in the bed and I read my Bible. Actually, it's on my phone, but I'll, I'll, I'll read through it. But then, again, I get easily distracted. So I'm like, sitting there reading, I hear something. It's a mower. Who's mowing? That's, oh, that's, that's Bob next door. Okay. Or if I could unmow my grass. But my grass is tall, and I go out and look. I'm like, yeah, oh, wait. I, right, I got to get back to reading. So I go back to reading. I'm like, is it going to rain today? Am I going get, to get, get to mow my grass? I don't know. So I go back through, and, I'm, and, and again, I'm just easily distracted with this stuff, right? So what's the opposite of distraction? Focus, right? So what is it today in your lives that's distracting you? What is it that's keeping you from focusing on God, focusing on Jesus? Today we're going to look at a story in Matthew. And this story is often used like um, as a message of doubt, right? Or uh, as a message to be bold and step out. But not today. Today we're going to use it for the, for the purpose of distractions. So here we'll start in uh, Matthew 14. It says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. Immediately after this being he had just fed the 5,000. While, while he sent people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Not fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. While the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once and says, Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And Peter called to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified. And it began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? But when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. So here we are. Right? The storm's going on. 
They're in the boat. They're freaking out. They're scared. They see Jesus walking by. Peter's like, I know that guy. Hey, what's going on? Can I come to you? And Jesus is like, yeah, come on. But here's what I really want to look at here, is this part. At the very end of uh, 29 going into 30, it says, So Peter went over to the side of the boat, and he walked on water toward Jesus. But, but when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink. But, there's always a but, right? There's always a but in our lives. It's those buts that kind of distract us. Are you distracted by buts? Said that on purpose. My point is, don't get distracted by butts. Big butts, little butts, there's all kinds of butts. Like, I thought about this, I thought this through. I was like, man, should I say that? Is it, how's this going to go? But you know what? You're going to remember it. So I don't care, I'm good. You're going to go home. Hey, they don't stay talking about butts. Yeah, I did. Okay. So, so what do I mean by the butts here? I was doing so good. But when, and you fill in the blank. Man, things were going so great. But then, and you fill in the blank. You see, the word but, it's a signal for a change. It's a signal for like a contrast. Things are happening, right? And this is what's going on with Peter right now. So let's take a look at what else is going on with Peter. First of all, Peter recognized his need, right? He's in the middle of the storm. He's like, man, we're in trouble. And he sees Jesus. He's like, that's safer over there. Yeah, he's on the water, but that's Jesus. I know that man. I know what he can do. I want to be over there. I want to get out of this situation that I'm in. And I want to go be with Jesus. So then what did Peter do? He said, Jesus, tell me to come. Tell me to come to you. Can I come? He didn't just jump off the boat. He waited on direction from the Lord, right? He said, God, tell me to come, and I'll come. And he waited, and God said, yeah, come. See, Peter wasn't like this crazy thrill seeker. He didn't be like, cool, man, look at that guy. He's walking on water. Throw up the gnarly sign and jump off the side of the boat. Okay? He waited on the direction. So Peter's walking, and he's remaining focused on what he's doing. And as long as he's remaining focused and looking at Jesus... What's he doing? He's walking on the water. Right? So then what happens? Distractions. Distractions cause him to sink. You see, the storms are already there. The storms are already raging around him. And yet he chose to focus on Jesus and chose to go toward him. He didn't wait for that more convenient day. And I know we've been talking about inconvenience for a while. And this is just another example of it. It's inconvenient to, in the middle of the storms, in the middle of your bad times, be like, I know, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm not going to wait on that nice sunny day or when life's going perfect. Like, okay, I think I'll go to church now. No. It's not how that works. He did it in the midst of the storm. He was successful, right? In the middle of all that, he was successful. See, it don't matter what you're going through. If you're tears, a long time, you're busy, Distracted by life. Man, focus on Jesus. That's what it's about. That's how we walk on water. So Peter became prey to his circumstances. Right? 
He's freaking out about what's going on. He's scared of what's going on because he gets to Jesus, right? He walks up to him. He's standing with him. It says because, you know, Jesus reaches down for him, so he's got to be right by him. And he's scared because what, like, everything's great, and then he just looks away for just a second. He just glances to the side, and he catches the storm out of the corner of his eyes, and immediately those distractions pop back into his life. And I love what this said. I never really caught it before reading this because I've heard this story thousands of times, right? And in studying this, this actually caught my attention. What does it say? He began to sink. Now, what happens when you jump in a pool or in a lake? You immediately go down, right? But that's not what this says. It says he began to sink. It's like quicksand. So Peter's standing there, and he's kind of looking around. And as he's catching doubt, he's beginning to sink. He's up to his ankles. And he's still looking, and he's getting more, more and more doubt. He's worried about the deep. He's worried about what's down there. He's worried about submarines. That's me. I'm scared to death of submarines. That's a story from another side, another time. Right? But he's slowly going down. And the more he looks at these distractions, he's getting more and more scared. And he's going down further until eventually it's consuming him. Your storm's consuming you? See, it wasn't until Peter's at his very last second, his very rock bottom, he's going under, that he finally cries out, Jesus, help me! But why do we wait that long? We don't have to. He's there. He just walked on the water to him. We don't have to wait until we're at our rock bottom. He's there for us. He's available to us at all times. Second point. When you're distracted, you miss the Jesus moments. See, maybe you're not Peter. Maybe you're one of the other disciples that are in the boat. You're scared of the storm. You're seeing potentially a ghost. You're just hunkered in a boat. You're just hoping to survive. You're just in the corner like, man, this is awful, this is awful. Our situation's terrible. Maybe you're not Peter who just wants to walk. Maybe you're just sitting there scared. That happens. That's okay. Or maybe you're just distracting yourself on, on purpose. Does that happen? Sure. Has God placed something in your life? Has, has God invited you to do something? And you're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. That's, that's dumb. That's not for me. I don't, I don't want to do that. No. Mm-mm. I invite you to really think about that. Is it really that we don't want to do it? Or are we just fearful of it? Are we scared? Scared of what that step's going to look like? Scared that we may fail? Do we not have confidence in ourselves enough and confidence in Jesus that I'm going to do this. I'm going to step out. I'm going to, I'm going to do what God asked me to do. I'm not going to be distracted by everything. I'm not going to be distracted by my fear. Right? So we, what do we do? We keep ourselves busy. We overschedule ourselves. We say, oh, I can't do it. I, I, I have no confidence in myself. I, I can't do that. Some of you may know or may not, um, I'm a police officer with Lexington Police Department. And I'm a canine handler, right? And my current dog, he's, um, he's about three, I've had him about three and a half years. And he, um, he's a narcotics and detection canine. And so, every year we have to qualify, right? His name's Destro. Every year we've got to do our qualifications. And one of the areas that we have to qualify in is obedience, right? So, we go through our very first trial for obedience. 
And we're sitting here, and I've got him in this heel position. He's, he's sitting right here. He's all nice and pretty. And one of the things I have to do is we've got to start doing this walk thing, right? He's got to stay by me. We're sitting here, and they've got all these officials, got all these other canine handlers and stuff, and all these people just watching. And all of a sudden, he just gets up and starts walking. I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> and, like, I don't know what to say, right? Because he doesn't do this. He's, he's trained. He's, he, this is obedience training. He needs to listen to me. And he's just meandering on. I'm like, what are you? And again, I'm dumbfounded. I don't know what to say to this thing. And he's just going on. And finally, I'm like, hey, here. He's not paying attention to me. And he's still going on. He, he's like 50 yards away from me at this point, just walking in the field. I'm like, hey, here. Nothing. Finally, I am so mad, so frustrated, so embarrassed even, because, you know, here's everybody looking at me, and this is obedience training, right? I'm so mad, and we got a word that fooey that's just like, leave it alone or whatever. And I'm like, no, fooey! Like the loudest I've ever screamed in my life. And he's like, oh, hey, come back to me and sit down. I'm like, what are you, really? And so now I'm so frustrated, I don't know what to do with this dog. I'm just sitting here, and I, the steward behind me, he can see I'm frustrated. And he's like, hey, calm down, calm down. It's okay, just go on with your routine. So we did, and he did fine the rest of the time. Just whatever happened, I don't know. So, second year of certifications, here we go again, all right? He looks great in training, so we get for our, our, to our certifications. We got these cones we have to kind of go through, and again, he's in this heel position. So he didn't run off this time, which is great. So we, we, we start walking, and he's right here, and next thing I know, I turn to look at him, and he's over here. I'm like, you got to stay here. Hey, come on. And he's like half paying attention to everybody else, and finally it hits me. We work third shift. We're night shift people. He's never out in the daytime. We're in the daytime. It's different. It's distracting for him. He's like, what's this giant yellow thing in the, in the sky? I've never seen that before. What's these birds going around? I like birds. Those are cool. I could chase those. All these people. Do I get to bite these people in the field? That's great, too. So he's distracted. And so I was like, okay, next year we're fixing this. So this past year, all right, come in about, I don't know, a month or two before and just start preparing to be with this dog in the daytime. You're getting out, and you're going to experience some of this stuff. All right? So we go up to certifications again. It is great, man. He is like a rock star knocking some of this stuff out. Then we get to this one part to where i got to give him distance commands. So ideally, I take him out about 40, 50, 60 feet, somewhere through there, and I leave him, and I come back over here. So he's like over there. And I have to get him to like sit and lay down, all this stuff, different ways, either by voice or by hand commands, because the dog needs to know how to do all this stuff. So he's sitting there, and he, man, he looks, he looks great. He's got that high sit. He's right here. He's a shepherd, so he's got those ears pointed straight up. He's, he's right on me, right staring at me, and I'm excited, dude. I'm like, yes, we're having a great day. And so our hand command to lay down is this, or at least it is for me. It's just simple that, and he'll lay down. And that's the first uh, first order that the uh, steward tells me to do is to tell him to do. It's like down him by hand. Okay. So he's looking at me and just as I'm breaking my hand away to do this, he goes, what are you doing to me, dog? Come on. And what's he looking at? All the people over here. Because he knows at some point during today, he gets to bite people, right? He's like, so I'm like, I, I can't say anything to him because if I say anything to him, I'm getting points deducted from me, right? 
So I'm just like, just waiting. Look at me anytime here. You can look. And he ain't, he's still just staring over here. And so finally I'm like scooting in the grass, making some noise, getting him to look over here. And finally looks back at me. Okay. So I'm getting ready to do it again. And he goes, this dog. I tell you what. Finally I'm like, come on. Again, I do the little thing again. He kind of looks back at me. And as soon as he looks, I'm just as fast as I can get my arm out. Right? He, he does it. And again, we go on. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Why do I tell you that story, right? What if, if we're not looking at God when He's asking us to do anything, if we're looking at everything else going on around us, we're missing Him. We're missing those directions that He's given us. We're, we're missing those places that He wants us to go, right? There's a quote that says, uh, Your enemy's job is to destroy you. But if he can't destroy you, your enemy's job is to distract you. I want to change that. I wanted to say the enemy doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to distract you. Because it's still a win. Right? I heard this, um, this poem. I don't know what you call it. It's, it's, it's like a poem. It's like an intense poem, but there's some rap going on with it. There's probably a name for it. I don't know. But if, I apologize if there is. But it's, it was about the Adam and Eve story. And this poet, and real intense about it, and he's talking about how, you know, um, Satan came as, as a serpent, and he's, he's distracting Adam and Eve. And he's trying to tell them, oh man, it's fine, you can eat, that, eat from that tree, you can eat that apple. And finally, when he, and Eve does take that bite, he says that he just smiled. Talking about Satan. And then again, it goes on with the story of when Adam took a bite of the apple. Again, it says, he just smiled. See, I'm a competitive person. I, I don't like to lose. I really don't. And I really hate someone taking advantage of me or someone else. That's, that's also why I went into law enforcement, right? And so when I hear that if he can distract me and he's just sitting back and smiling at it, man, that burns me up on the inside. That bothers me. He just smiled. I mean, that eats at my soul when I hear that. So what's he doing to you? What's he doing to you? What's he distracting you from that you're just kind of sitting back and he's smiling at you? He's winning, right? You see, he doesn't have to distract you from sin. It doesn't have to be a sin issue. It's not about what are you doing wrong and stuff. If he's just distracting you from reading your Bible, is that not a win for him? If he's distracting you from not serving anymore or to not want to serve or think that you can't, if he's distracting you from seeing that person walk in, it's never been here, just, just to walk up and say, hey man, Matt, glad you're here. That's awesome. Good to see you. I'm glad you're here. If he's distracting us from doing these because we're a little too chicken to step out and do that, he's winning. Where's our focus today? And then our last, our last point. A distracted heart is a divided heart. Have you ever tried to pay attention to two different things at once? Like real close attention, right? The multitasking thing. Cue the, uh, the very familiar scene, the husband watching TV and the wife having a conversation with him the entire time. And he don't have a clue. I mean, she's just talking and talking and talking. He's watching TV. And finally at the end of it, what happens? What do you think, honey? Oh, what? Um, what? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you didn't hear a word I said, did you? Yeah, sure, sure I did. It's these conversations that we can't pay attention to. We can't pay attention to the TV and what our wife's saying, right? See, our brains aren't designed to focus on two different things at once. It can only focus on one thing. You may multitask a little bit, but you're not getting the full benefit of both. It's like a spotlight. You can only find this spotlight in one direction at one time. So you can shine it here, but it's a little dark over here. You can shine it here, but it's a little dark over here. You can't focus on both. Again, we're not just designed that way. So why are we talking about brains? Why are we talking about brain function and stuff? Well, the Bible says we can't have two masters. If you truly desire to please God, then our daily aim has to be to focus on Him. Right? It's believing and following the entire Bible. Not just the pieces that we like. Not just the pieces that make us feel good. It's the whole thing. You see, this idea of Jesus, or this idea of Christianity, it's not going to hold you if that's what you're here for. It's not going to sustain you. Only when that idea becomes a relationship will it hold you. Only when that idea becomes, God, I know you. I love you. This is why I'm here, to be with you. I considered giving some ideas here of different ways to focus, different ways to put your attention on God, but I don't, I don't want this to be a religious experience for you. I don't want it to be a bunch of rules and guidelines and stuff to follow. I just want it to be about Jesus. I just want it to be about God. I want you to love God for who He is and only for who He is. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he, only, that he gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Right? We learned this a long time ago. And this is what I want you to hear. Right? Anytime I ever speak, you may hear me do this because I am passionate about this. When we start out reading this, we say, For God so loved the world. No, man, that ain't how you read that. It's for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. You see, this entire time, his focus has been on you. And we're just distracted. He loves us, guys. So these people were here to pray with you. If you've never been here, just at the end of this message, this is for you to come up and pray what you need. What are those storms in your life right now that are distracting you from what you need to do? What are the things that's weighing you down? Are you drowning? Are you going under slowly? Maybe all you got left is that one hand sticking up for help out of water right now. Come and pray. That's what these people were here for. At the beginning of this message, I said that God gave me two words. The first of those was distractions. The second one is remind them. And I don't know who this is here, who this is for. But I know this is for somebody. I believe it with all my heart. God's placed something in your life. He's invited you to a specific purpose. And you just kind of let it go. You've gotten caught up in distractions. And you said, I don't have time for it. 
Is that you? God says to remind you. Today's your day. It doesn't matter how far off course you've gotten. I promise you can't get further away than the grace and the love of God can ever pull you back. Where's our, where's our focus today, guys? Come and pray.